podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, agents, and welcome back to the show. This is Caitlin Agar, your host, bringing you the age of independence and opportunity for our agencies to evolve from the inside out. So the past couple of weeks, we've really been tackling end of year topics. The holidays are upon us. And this is just such a great time to think about our businesses and reflect and start thinking about what we want to build in 2021. So I invited a really special guest to join us on the podcast today. Hi, Mallory. How are you? Great. Thanks. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. I have been so excited to have Mallory on the show with you guys. Mallory Leonard is an executive business consultant with Exec HQ. She's based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, um, but she has clients all over. And I just, um, we go, I go way back with Mallory. We actually have a, a lot in common. So uh, Mallory, tell us just a little bit about yourself and we'll um, help the, the listeners get to know you if this is their first time hearing from Mallory Leonard. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so I just relocated to Knoxville, Tennessee, so I don't quite have a Southern accent yet. So tell us where you relocated from, because that's the I was <laughs> I was in San Diego um, for 10 years, and um, I owned an all-state agency, like someone else I know <laughs> there. And um, I sold that agency in 2019, um, and then we relocated here um, in October of 2020. So last month. Um, and now I just, it was a bit of a culture shock coming from San Diego. I I went from a city of like, or a County of like 5 million people (laughs) to a city of like 500,000. So I went to the mall the other day and I'm like, this is not San Diego anymore. (laughs) I'm settling in. It's colder than I'm used to, but I'm enjoying it. Um, and uh, now I'm just helping businesses be awesome at what they do, which is what I love because I've owned a business too. So I know how to make companies function and run with their culture. So that's what I'm doing now. And that's what I love about our background starting in the captive insurance world as agency owners, because you do wear so many hats that you learn so much about business ownership and skills that are really transferable to a lot of things, whether it's recruiting, team building, marketing, the things that you learn about finance operations. And so now you're taking those lessons from the past and really help helping to plug them into other businesses in, in different markets. So what are some of the, the niche business types that you're working with right now? So obviously I'll work with an insurance agency. Really? <laughs> I, I know, know the ins and outs of it. Um, what I've learned is I'm really good at service-based businesses. So where you have a client interaction, that's kind of a jam. So um, law firms, financial agencies, um, accounting firms, anything where there's a service-based transaction. That's where I'm, I'm really pretty good at it. I've always kind of done well with client interactions, um, you know, being at one of the top 
customer service agencies for Allstate back in the day. So we we really developed around that kind of business. And I mean, I've got some funky stuff too that are, I worked with a trucking company, like, <laughs> um, but we can pretty much do anything um, where I don't, where I don't really touch is like medical based or anything where there's a, you know, my brain doesn't work that I way. Like so. we'll, let, yeah. we'll let other people handle that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've always said that I, you know, I don't know that pharmaceuticals or even selling health insurance is for me. Let's be real. No. So, <laughs> I have so much respect to the agents listening that tackle that kind of, um, mm-hmm. intricate stuff. So, um, that is so cool, Mallory. So, so take us back to your all state days, just a little bit. Tell us about your agency and just some of the things that were important to you. Cause I feel like you're looking from the outside in, like your personality was so bright in your agency and your, your team culture was so fun and, and upbeat and it seemed like a really great place to work. Yeah, I I think what we started to do is I started to go against the grain on what what I thought that people think that we should be doing as insurance agency owners, right? And I mean, I started back in the day as as a sales producer for an agency, and I actually um, grew a book of business on a broker side too. You know, in that time too. So I've worked, I've been an employee, and I and I I'll tell you when I was like. 22. And I just moved to San Diego. I was working for a, not an Allstate agency, but a, an agency and it, it had a bad culture. And I actually like swore off insurance. I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to work in insurance again, but I was young and I even didn't realize that it wasn't insurance that I didn't like. It was the culture and the breakdown of the office. And I always said, I would never let my employees feel the way I felt in that organization ever again, because thankfully I had an agent who worked was really great and brought me on. That was an Allstate agent um, when I was about 23. And I he had a great culture. And I was like, okay, I now I know it wasn't the like the product or the, you know, the industry that I hated. I just hated that office because it was bad. <laughs> and that that's been a big deal for me. Like I always tell agency owners, when you're hiring, if you have someone coming from a different office, a lot of times they'll like like say, oh, I won't hire them. Yeah. I'm like, you have no idea how crappy their situation was with that agency. Not all agency owners are created equal. So talk to them, see what's going on. They may just have a bad culture problem in their office. And so we did, you know, we did fun things. Like I would let them, we would let them off, you know, if they needed time off, I wasn't the one that treated our office like a retail office. You know, if they needed a Friday off, I'd be like, all right, let's figure it out. And I think a lot of times what happens in your agency is if you treat it like a retail location, you're going to get retail employees. So I treated them like professionals. And I think that was a big difference for me, you know, and instead of just treating them like a butt in a seat, I guess. Right. (laughs) So, uh, talk to us about bad culture. (laughs) What are some like red flags that we want to, you know, keep our, our eyes open for so that we can make sure that that's not creeping into our agencies unawares. You know, I think there's a couple of things, right? So I, when I was managing an agency, when I first started managing a big agency and I was in charge of the whole thing, we were actually in a car dealership. So I was in charge. I mean, it, it was, I was like the CEO of the agency. Um, I, I, I didn't have the right staff. And I think, and here's what happened. And, and I will be the first to admit this. And I've been listening to John Maxwell and he had the same situation happen to him where he was like, I was a crappy leader my first job. <laughs> I was too, because I was really good at sales and my uh, boss had, or they had hired me because I was good at sales. It was a terrible leader. And, and it caused a problem in our, in our culture, right? Because I had people that were stronger 
more like, like maybe even a little older than me that started to change the operation. And what was happening was it was, it was just not good. Right. And so anytime I would try to come out and say, Hey, these are the processes we're going to do. This is what I expect. No one took me seriously because we had a breakdown in our culture. And I had a great producer, top producer who had, was causing problems in our, in our operation. And what I really learned is I'd rather have no one in my operation than bad, like bad employees. Right. And so sometimes you just have to start over and you have to be careful too, when you're hiring and you're promoting a leader in your, your company to run an agency or to be a manager in your operation, whatever it is that you're not hiring someone that's good at sales and then just letting them run out and do whatever they want. They have no idea how to lead a team, right? So you have to make sure that you're putting people that have leadership skills in the right position. And if they don't, like cultivating that person into a good leader and, and helping them. I, I had little little help. So I had, to, unfortunately, I had a lot of people that had I learned from, you know, because I had to kind of learn the hard way on how to be a better leader. And I think there's so much talk right now about finding what you're passionate about, finding your niche and chasing that thing, because ultimately that's what's going to be so rewarding for you in the long haul. But one of the things I really just like to stress from my perspective is that sometimes the ramp up time to get to that period is so, so worth it. So like if you have to find yourself like in the pilot seat, even if you have to find yourself selling for a period of time while you're working on growing your startup, or if you have to make changes to your team culture and you feel like you're having to like start afresh or wear more hats right now than what you want to. Yes. The goal is to be able to automate and delegate so many of those things. But when you look at someone who's already there, they're already at the stage where they get to really be picky choosy on what they spend their time on that. We're all going to get there. Like keep your sights on that goal, but don't be discouraged if you're not there yet today, because rolling yeah. up your sleeves today is going to pay off and you will eventually get to the point where you get to really be um, just invested in the things that really spark your, your passion and, and the things that you really enjoy doing as an agency owner. So that's just my little spiel for <laughs> you'll get there, but it's okay if we have to put in that, in that hard work um, for a period of time to ramp up to that point, as long as we're being strategic about it and we're seeing those positive changes as we go along. And I think sharing with your employees what your goal for your operation is. You can't create warriors in your business that want to like go to war for your company every single day if they have no idea what they're fighting for. So if they go in there and they're thinking, oh, I'm just a salesperson in an agency and this is all I'm ever going to be. Someone like me, I would. that's why I left being a salesperson in an agency because I had no sight on the future, right? But if you can say, hey, this is my goal. We want to own three locations or we want to do X, Y, Z with our operation. And here's the things that you can do to help me get there and the growth path for you. Then you're going to create warriors in your, your business and it's going to help you tremendously get to that point. So we stop working in your business and start working on it. And that's some of the things I do is I'll sit down and, you know, set up strategic goals with you, sit down with your employees and help you help them understand what your, your operation wants to be in one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. And I think that's sometimes where it, like you kind of lose that breakdown in staff because they just don't feel like they have anything to fight for when they're there, you know? So how do we build warriors that'll go to bat for our business? How do we do that? I think, I think really giving them the understanding of what they are there for, right? So they're not just there to sell insurance. They're not just there to service your policies. 
they're there to, you know, they, they need to see these growth paths and they need to, to own it just as much as you do. And if that's, you know, figuring out what they want, is it pay, more pay? Is it promotions? Is it being able to own their own agency one day? I, I worked for an agent who, when I told him at 22, I wanted to own an on-state agency, he didn't discourage me from that. And guess what? I bought one at 27 and that was pretty cool, you know? So just making sure you know exactly what they want within your operation, because if they have some ownership, right? And they, they are accountable to you growing too, then they're going to want to do it for you. People inherently want to help, right? but they're selfish. We are, we want something out of it too. So if you can develop that together, then you'll create a great operation and you won't have turnover in your office if you do that. I love that inspiration. So man, just picturing, um, you may already have that team of warriors behind you. And that's just such a great place to be. You want to like protect that team culture. And I think that's one of the things about, um, preventing bad culture from happening is like protecting your top performers and making sure that they have that environment where they can continue to grow and thrive. And then if you're working on building that atmosphere this year, um, I think there, there's definitely some challenges that COVID has thrown into that. We may have more people working remotely. So can you talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about like how agency owners can, go into 2020 with these big goals when there's so many unknowns out there and just um, some things they can do to build t- team culture, even if they have people working remotely right now. So I think what you need to do and we, and I can help create this too is, and is it's almost like when you're doing an employee review, right? You have these expectations and we do things a little differently where we'll say, I want them to kind of review me too, right? Like what, what, what do they, they expect? Right. So you need to set these expectations of, what like if you're going to value their time while they're at home what are these these like data points that they need to hit or like what like like action items like what do you expect from them on a daily basis because we can sit down and say hey this person's not doing enough to to warrant this you know this pay or whatever we can say what are the expectations and i think that's the big key is written expectations on what you want from them on a production level or on a productivity level right because if there's not these, and just letting them know that, hey, this is what we expect, and then inspect it, right? And say every, you know, if it's daily, weekly, or whatever. And then if they're not hitting these goals or these for production or productivity that you've hit for them, ask figuring out why they, why there's obstacles. I think sometimes what happens is when an employee starts to do bad, we gonna we like slap them on the wrist, right? Why are you doing bad? Well we don't really find out why they're doing bad. Why are they not hitting these, these productivity or production requirements, right? We just get on them for not doing it. So we need to, when you have that happen, sit down and value it. Okay, what's going on? What can we fix? What do you hate? What do you like? What can we make better? And just helping them to get to those goals. And then the other thing too, and this is something that we don't like to admit as business owners, is a lot of times what's happening in your organization, and I've heard this from employees who wouldn't say this to their boss, is they, you create these processes and they're behind the scenes and like, why do they do this? Yeah. Like, what the heck? Why, why are we even doing this? This makes absolutely no sense because they're in the operation more than we are. Right. And then they're too afraid to say it. So, you know, encouraging that, that conversation, Hey, if we're doing something and it's ridiculous to you, ask why we're doing it. And maybe I have no idea. It's just something we've always done. 
you know? It makes it so and much easier if you can create that environment where people feel confident and comfortable speaking up because then you can just work through it together. And that's so yeah. much easier than rolling out a new process and then no one's doing it. And then you're trying yeah. to think, why aren't you guys doing it? And then it gets super awkward and um, you're getting more gray hair. So getting that buy-in before you move to the follow-up part of the accountability mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. So working on it together, having the conversations, doing the training, and then before you follow up, making sure you're getting buy-in and crossing that bridge so that then you can move into the stage where you're inspecting what you expect and having the conversations about how things are going and closing that continuous feedback loop. So yep. we're coming to the end of the year. And um, I think it's a good time to be thinking about employee reviews. And so um there may be some agencies listening who have thought about doing agency reviews in the past, but mm-hmm. may not have started a process, a, a consistent process for it yet, because I feel like there's a couple hurdles that can be a bit daunting if you're rolling this out for the very first time in your agency. Mm-hmm. So if we could talk for a couple minutes to the agency who may not have that consistent employee performance review process already rolling in your agency in like a really effective way. Um, We're coming to the end of the year. So now could be a really good time to tackle that hurdle and, and to figure out something that works for your agency. We have 2021 right upon us and you're thinking about your goals for the agency and your team is probably thinking about their goals, both personally and professionally. So it's a great time to rip that bandaid and dive right in and um, figure out a system that works. So starting from the top down, Mallory, um, what are some things that an agency could call their employee review process if they wanted to pick a name for it that's not super intimidating or has like a negative connotation? Because I think when employees hear review time that they feel like that maybe there's a subconscious connotation with that, that they might feel like they're being scored or judged in a negative way and that it's something that they wouldn't look forward to. I think, you know, it's just, I, I've never thought about changing the name of it. <laughs> I think just a, well, framing it in a positive light, right? So um, you could say, we're going to sit down, you know, and you can, you can set it however you want. It can be monthly, quarterly, annually, but you need to calendar it and it needs to go on the calendar with them. Because if you don't, it's just like something else you're going to forget to do. Oh, we'll get around to it. We'll get around to it, but it needs to be done. So you could say, we're going to sit down monthly, quarterly, whatever it is. And we're going to, we're going to see like what we can do better together and what you're doing, like what you're being really badass at, like how you kick and butt in the agency. Right. (laughs) And put it in a positive light, you know? Uh, So, all right sit down with them and say, how can we work together? What am I doing that would make me a better leader for you? And coming at it from a positive place from, hey, we're here to grow and to be the best we can be, but we, we need to do it together. So and framing it that way versus like, okay, you're supposed to sell 45 items and you only sell 42 and we need to figure out why. <laughs> like no one wants to sit there and hear that, right? And then if we're going, okay, okay they're going to come to you when you're doing this review and say, okay, I know I was supposed to sell 45 items, but I didn't, right? It's coming from them. They're going to feel like you're doing it together. And I think that's really the most important part of it is if you come at it to them where you're saying, this is what you needed to do better. This is what I expect from you. They're just going to shut down and they're not going to, you're not going to feel like they're contributing, right? But if you come at it to say, hey, 
your part in this being a warrior in my office and being a part of my agency is to do X, Y, Z. How can I help you do that? How much can I make you better? Then that you're going to collaborate more. So it's less of a review, I guess, and more of a, hey, how can we collaborate together? And then coming to when you are having a great, um, sorry, my dog worked. <laughs> so, uh, when you do have a, a good collaboration, giving lots of praise, um, and then really finding out what they want that makes them like love being in your office, right? And like, do they like time off? Setting goals around, hey, if you, I, we used to use the mouse all the time. If you hit a weekly or a daily goal of however many ever items, right? Because I like to break things weekly, not monthly, because it's just easier. And then for every item you sell over your goal on Friday, you get 30 minutes, you get to leave early that day, or you can bank the time. Some people love that, right? Some people don't. I couldn't care less about time off. I want all the money. Give me more money. Figuring out what that was. So then you can check in with them too on that review and saying, hey, we built this, we built this cool promotion around you and what you want to do. And you've hit it this much. Like that's awesome. Or what's keeping you from doing it? And I think making it more tailored around what they need really helps them, if that makes sense. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have in 30 days. That's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's virtualintell.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right, Virtual Intel, cast certified. Absolutely. I think we can't skip the, we have to slow down and think about how it's being received and how we're framing the conversation. So instead of thinking of this as a report card session, which is what it used to be in the past, what if we thought of this as a coaching and mentoring session where we're sitting down and we're trying to give professional guidance to somebody in our life that we really care about. And we want to have a two-way conversation and we want to learn and have takeaways from it as well. All of a sudden it becomes an opportunity for us to think about how much value can I bring to this conversation? Can mm -hmm. I completely turn upside down what this employee is expecting out of this review conversation? And can I turn it into a meeting where they walked away with takeaways? They maybe wanted to take notes. We learned together. And I'm just like when we get on the phone with a client and we're trying to sell them insurance and we're trying to bring as much value to that person to create a wow moment as possible. What if we brought that mindset to our employee review sessions and 
really didn't just take it for granted that they were going to automatically buy into whatever it was that we told them the plan is or the goal is and decided to try to make it easier for them to meet their personal and professional goals and give them as much input as possible so that they're walking out of there inspired with action steps and they feel like you're in their corner and that you guys are working together to get the agency to the place that it needs to be. And they know how that ties into their personal goals. Um, I feel like it takes the awkwardness out of it and makes it um, so much more rewarding for you and for your team members that you care so much about. Well, and you, and you can even come up with it where like, as like, as their, their mentor as their boss too, I can say, Hey, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you expect? What do you see out of this agent, out of the agency? What's a process that we can change or we can create together. And then that's my action item as their leader. Like, Hey, you came up with this. I'm going to implement it because it's your idea. So now I have something that I'm taking from you. And then that's something you can bring up on their review too. Hey, you had this idea of doing X, Y, Z in the office. I created a process and implemented it because that's my job. And this is how it's doing. Great job. Like you can, you can really take away from them. And if you're really nervous about it, I can sit in like as a, like a, a consultant with you on these reviews and it makes it a little less, you know, like helps get the yeah. ball rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more of like, Hey, this great collaboration and meeting of minds versus, Oh my gosh, I gotta get it. I'm going to have do this to do it. You know, it's more of an HR process. No one wants to do it. Exactly. And, 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 the other, and the other thing too, that it really does help with, and is if you do have a disciplinary, you know, situation, which you will have, I mean, it's not always going to be like conky dory <laughs> is they're so used to having a conversation with you at this point that when you do have to have a conversation, that's not good. It makes it a little easier because they're used to you having that relationship and that ability to communicate with each other yeah. where if, uh, if all of a sudden you've not been doing these reviews and they do something where they have a disciplinary problem they're gonna freak out because you've never had a conversation with them and you're gonna freak out too because you're gonna be like oh I don't like getting on to people you know like it really does help with that aspect of it too um just creating that sure. culture of continuous feedback so it's part of what you do in the office and part of setting that accountability yeah yeah so with you mentioned like the 42, 45 items thing. So <laughs> how many items should a producer be producing? And I think that this is one of the challenges and one of the things that holds agency owners back from setting a consistent process in place is because in our world, in the independent world, there's so much opportunity. You could sell $200,000 a month. You could sell $100,000 a month. You could sell $50,000 a month. And all of those numbers are incredible numbers, right? So it's like, how do you pick one and stick with it? Because um, there, there's just so much it's such a broad spectrum of where a producer could land and still be considered a solid producer that is contributing and generating revenue for your agency. So how can an agency owner begin setting benchmarks if they haven't like kind of like drawn a line in the sand yet because they're not sure if it should be $25,000 or 30 or 35 or 40 or 80 and <laughs> they're not yeah. sure. I always, I've always loved premium based goals myself. So I get it. I, 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 I think what you need to look at is their like ability to sell, right? You're going to have people that get in there and they like, they, they can't, they can't sell and they're just not, there's not built that way. And you need to be able to recognize if that person's in the right role. Right. But beyond that, 
if you've got someone and they're working and you can keep pushing them like little by little, I mean, if you've got someone that comes in, I want to give them this huge grandiose goal that they're not going to ever accomplish. Right. So if they're selling, I don't know, 15, 20,000 in premium and it's consistent, then just saying, okay, what are you doing on a daily basis? What's your productivity look like? If we could increase that by 10%, can we increase your goal? And then once they hit that consistently, then push them again. But you can't say, okay, you're selling 15. I expect you to sell 35 now, right? It's just not going to happen. They're going to feel really uncomfortable. And then the, the one thing you can do that's really helpful. And I have a, I have a really cool, I use this in the agency. It's like a, almost like a goal sheet I can send you guys, um, is it breaks it down per week. So then it's like, okay, if your goal is 7,000 premium a week, well, if let's say I only get 5,000 on week one of the month, right? Well, all I have to do now is make up 2,000 over the course of three weeks. That seems a lot easier than getting behind at the end of the month and saying, oh, I'm you know 30% down from my goal. So breaking it down that way. And then I would sit down with them on a Friday and be like, I like Friday meetings. I hate Monday meetings. And I would say, hey, you're or like, hey, you've got 5,000 in premium this month or this week. If you want to hit your monthly goal, we just need to do next month, next week, we need to do 7,400 three more times or whatever it is, instead of just at the end of the month and being like, crap, I didn't hit it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what you can break it down and it makes it seem, it seems more tangible. So then when you want to increase their goal a little bit, going saying, okay, your goal is 7,000 a week on order. Maybe it's a thousand a day, I don't know. Um, now we're going to try 8,000 a week. That seems a little easier, right? Then just these big goals at the end of the month. And that, I think that helps you really figure out what it is, but you have to really know what their aptitude is. Like if you can't just throw, you can't expect your best producer to be your best. Oh wait, let me back up. You can't expect your like middle producers to be your best producer. There's always going to be someone in the middle ground and you can push them to get there, but they may not be your, you know what I mean? Like not everyone's going to sell 40,000 a month in premium. So, but it's, in, it's, I'd rather, this. I'd rather have two, producers that did average than one really high-end producer, because if I lose them, I'm screwed. Right. right? And what I've seen sometimes occasionally with the really high-end producers is that you can see really big spikes and then they'll have a dip. And then, it, so the consistency is really a great goal to push towards with, with anyone. And one thing that's worked really well for me is if you're tracking and measuring the data in your agency and you know what that person's close ratio is, if you know what your average premium per household is in your area and you, you know, um, about how many, uh, dials they would have to make to get a quote, you can actually, um, back out of their sales premium goal and give them a behavior-based goal of how many mm -hmm. dials and quotes that they need today. How, how many conversations do you need to have? How many policies do you need to review live with a customer in any given day to get a sale that day or two sales that day based on whatever their premium goal is. And when you can like walk them through those numbers and then teach them how to calculate it themselves, if they find themselves out maybe 10 days to the end of the month, then they can calculate, okay, I, I have to get this many quotes in to hit mm -hmm. the 12,000 that I need by the end of the month. And it helps them feel more in control of their situation. I think one of the biggest mindset shifts that we want to guide our team through is that sales don't happen to you. You don't just like show up and get lucky one day. You don't just like 
place outbound calls and get lucky because a nice person that's friendly and like talkative picks up the phone. Sales are something you create. Relationships are something that you build. And every time you get on the phone with anybody that is on the other line, that's a huge opportunity for you to create something great. And when we help our, our sales team wrap their arms around having that, um, internal locus of control, it makes these goals take on a different shape for them mentally. Cause we know that this is a mental game. And uh, if we can just get them in the right mindset, it really helps them tackle these, these things that we're putting in front of them. And if you want to reward good behavior, we did this in my office too. It made me think of it was, um, so let's say that you have three productivities that, that they should do, right. If it's, they need to quote this many households, they need to make this many outbound calls or talk time, whatever it is. And, or they, they can sell so many items that day. And so what I would do is if they hit one of, if they sold an item or sold, I think it was two items, or they did their productivity, they got a check mark for that day. And if it, by the end of the month, they had a check mark on every day, I think I gave them like one day they could miss, then they got a prize. And so that prize was whatever they wanted. So usually it was a half day off on Friday that they could use whenever they want or a hundred dollar gift card. Cause that to me was about that's the same. Huge. Yeah. And, and that's super. Hard. And I had a girl that never missed it. She wanted her hundred dollar gift card and I wouldn't let them do a Visa card. I made them do like, like target or like for me Sephora or something, you know, so that way they had to use it on themselves. Right. It wasn't like they could just go buy groceries with it. I'm like, no, you need to reward yourself or if it's time off and that way they held accountable to their, um, to their hustle almost, you know, like, and it made it more fun. I would be like, how are you doing today? Are you hitting your, your productivity goal? If not, did you get your production goal? Right. And so it was just a fun way. And it cost me like absolutely nothing to do. So. And I love that idea because it keeps it fun and it rewards, um, finding ways to reward the wins along the way is huge because there's a difference between their like minimum production goal and the stretch goals that you're both working on together. So maybe their stretch goal is that they are going to produce $83,333 every month because they want to be a million dollar producer in a year, right? Yeah. That's great. But if they sold 60,000 this month, that does not mean they were a failure. Yeah. So, um, celebrating the wins along the way is huge and making sure that we're not just every time they hit a goal, just raising the bar, hit the goal, raise the bar, hit the goal, raise the bar, because that can be really de-incentivizing. So, um, I definitely think there's a balance there between working together to achieve a stretch goal. That's going to take a while to build and Mm -hmm. celebrating really great things that they're already doing. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. And as far as like how often to have the reviews, you mentioned there's really just a lot of flexibility there for agency owners to really think about what works for them, whether it's annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly. Um, So tell me um, a couple instances where maybe you would go to the having these conversations on a regular basis or weekly or more often as opposed to every couple months. I love a Friday meeting, right? No one's <laughs> So celebrate the week and then plan ahead for the next and do it at their desk, not yours, right? Because it's, it's, you're in their territory then. You're on their turf. Mm, so um, giving them your undivided attention, you don't have your outlook popping up at you while they're sitting across your desk like a client. Or, you know, like we had a conference table and we would sit at the conference table a lot because it was just, nicer. Um, so that would be like a little meeting that you could have to set these weekly goals. So that way you can get ahead of it if you have a bad week. Right. Um, and then I would say quarterly is good. Um, and, or, and your quarterly is going to be a little different because it just depends on 
what your annual goal is, but like, let's say you are in a captive position where you really need to have your year ironed out by what, October 15th, you might want to make sure that your year end is on October 15th or November 1st, right? So you might, you might not do it like on a traditional quarterly basis, because if you did it like January, what is that would be April, then you'll, you'll end the year out when the year's ending and that's too late, right? Because you need to make sure you're setting it up for to actually end the year. Well, does that make sense? Absolutely. That would be a great time to do a quarterly goals. If you're a captive agency and you have those December 31st items yeah. you're going to have to issue and those life policies that have to squeak it through in time and um, making sure that everybody's set for that, like fourth quarter, quarter, it's time, it's hustle time. Um, and when it comes to those regular weekly touch bases, I really love, um, having those in place for new team members that are onboarding into your agency, because it's such an important culture building time when someone new has just joined your agency. And, um, it's a really it's a time to work with them really closely to figure out if the potential that you saw is something that they're going to be able to step into in your environment, if it's a good fit or not. And so having weekly conversations about whether they're on pace or off pace and celebrating what they've been doing well, what, what did we learn this week that we're going to carry into next week? Maybe week one, they cranked out a couple quotes, but they didn't do a bundle presentation yet. Then maybe setting that for the next week, if we're really just breaking it down for a brand new team member, but having those weekly conversations with someone that's new, I think helps you identify if they're going to work out in your agency, helps you figure it out sooner rather than later. But then if it is somebody that's a great fit, you're really going out of your way to cement really good habits and strengthen that relationship with them from day one. And I would say this too, especially when you're in a smaller organization. Okay, so I want everyone to know when you're interviewing an employee, that is the most uncomfortable thing you will ever do. <laughs> Nobody likes it. If you're interviewing for an agency, just know that they're as nervous as you are. It's uncomfortable. It's not natural, right? When you, I can have a conversation with you because I know you, but if you're it's some stranger, it's like almost like pulling teeth. It's like worse than a first date, you know? Um, but I will say one thing that you can do is bring, bring your, not your favorite employee in there with you, but bring your employee who sees your vision, right? Interview with you. And I've had this, I had one of my um, employees, we interviewed this guy and I loved him. I was like, oh, he's awesome. I know. And she's like, <laughs> and, and I didn't hire him because I, I she's like, oh, something isn't right. And and your employees want the same culture that you are building, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a great way that you can do. And then, and then if it's, if you've got the right organization, you if you have the right employee, they can be on these little weekly meetings with you. You can do it as a team, and you almost create a mentorship between your employees too, right? Versus just me being in charge all the time. And that helps when I need to step away knowing that, hey, if something goes on or I need help, they have built this great relationship with their their coworker that they can, you know, rely on too. And they all have these goals and these aspirations together. So that's helpful. Absolutely. So let, let's help um, our, the people tuning into the podcast, agency owners um, in the capped world, the independent world, we've, wh- whether you are with a captive agency or you have stepped over to the independent side, we have all been through some COVID craziness this year. <laughs> And it definitely threw some curveballs. Um, I think we've learned so much. Um, and I, I just want to kind of 
make some guesses about like, how could we best help agency owners who are thinking about everything that we just talked about, but in the light of COVID, maybe they're like, well, that sounds great, but half of my team is in the office. The other half is working from home and they're homeschooling their kids at the same time. If, what if, what if an agency owner feels guilty putting goals in the place, goals in place and setting uh, standards and setting expectations for production right now, because they feel like there's been upheaval. Um, I feel like there's, it's definitely a valid concern. So, so yeah. how do we, how do we work through that together? So you got to be careful not to let it be an excuse, right? And, and it can be, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing to remember is that PI, like our human nature is we thrive on structure right? We thrive on process and accountability. So this is your time to give them that structure and that process and that accountability that they're not getting anywhere in their life right now. They don't have it with their kids' school. They don't have it with, you know, how their lives are just changed. Say, look, I know things are crazy. I'm going to give you this, this accountability and the structure that I know you're probably really wanting. Cause I, I think, I, I think people don't like the, you know, I like the day is I have to go worry about my kids and do all this stuff. That's fine. But if you can give them that structure, they're going to, I think they're going to want it. Do you know what I mean? And then just giving them the option to come into the office to do like, even if it's just once a week or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you, you working around like what they want. Like for me, I don't like working from home. I like being in a client's office, but some people do. And, and if you can give them the option on what they want. That'll help. But I promise you, they want that structure. They're missing it. I bet they're craving some predictability right now. And so you might be doing them a favor agents (laughs) when you roll out these uh, review sessions, report cards, uh, goal setting meetings, what have you. So And, and just ask them and find out what they want. Right. I think the biggest mistake that we make as, you know, leaders is that we assume that we know what's best for everyone. And we don't. And no one thinks like me, right? I think like me, but you don't think like me. So I need to figure out if you're my employee, how you think and what you want and how can I create a better work environment around what you want specifically? And I won't know what that is unless I'm asking you. And and that's why it's great to have these meetings and they don't have to be all about a review. It can be like, how was your week? Like, let me know what's going on in your life. So when you come in and I can tell that you're not your best, I have the authority and the permission because we've built that relationship to figure out what's wrong to make your day better. But if I don't have that rapport with you, then I don't have the authority or the permission to do that. Does it make sense? Absolutely. That's so cool. And man, if I were starting an insurance for the first time, I would want to have worked in Mallory's agency. So I was actually working retail sales before I was in insurance. And I, I, I remember I had forgotten about this for the longest time. Uh, but I remember that there was a time that a client came into the store and they recruited me. They're tried to recruit me. They handed me a business card for like a nationwide agency. It was in North Carolina at the time. And I was probably about 22 years old and I almost had forgotten I don't even know if this had really been her memory because I, I was just like, oh, insurance and just like <laughs> put it off to the side. Um, but I'm so, so glad that I didn't start an insurance in the wrong kind of I- I- agency environment or with the bad culture because um, every insurance agency is different. And um, we have the opportunity to create 
a really cool place for people to build their careers where this producer that we're working with right now, where we're just trying to get them to 40 items, 50 items a month could be a future agency owner and, and experience the wins and the things that we went through in that experience. And so I, it's so worth it having a chance to, to, you know, take those cool things that happened to us and be able to multiply it for someone else in their life and see it happen for them. So and you, and you can see when the culture really is good. So my first office that I worked at was in Florida and it was a state farm agent and he has a wall. He calls like a, a wall of success, right? So he, um, he's had four employees become agency owners. Two became state farm agency owners. One became a goose head and one became an all state, which is me. <laughs> but it, how cool, how cool is that, that he's able to celebrate that he helped create these business owners and these leaders because it was developed out of a great culture. And I think, you know, I said, when I went to the next, when I moved to San Diego and I wasn't in a good office, I mean, it really almost turned me away from insurance completely. And where would my life be now? You know? Yeah. And I Thankfully, I was, I was, my first job was in a great culture and it really helped me overcome, you know, maybe, okay, I was just in a bad spot, you know, and and that's such a cool testament to see your employees go and be successful. I mean, one of my, my, one of my best producers and previous employees is running an independent agency right now. And I couldn't be more proud of her. Right. And it's cool to know that, Hey, you had a hand in that. And I actually have another employee. He just started his own health insurance agency and he's doing really well in LA. And it's cool to know that you, you helped that foundation. And, and like, I was never upset when employee left because I was like, if you're leaving and we have a good reason, like if we're good, it's just, you're going to grow. That's re- all the ones that left are like, that's where they are. They're like doing these great things in their career. And you've had a hand in that. And how cool is that? That says so much. So, so yes, employee reviews are easier said than done. It takes time. You're tracking your data, you're measuring, you're setting goals, you're preparing the forms, you're taking time on your calendar to schedule this with your team, but it, it's so worth it. And it really helps you to, um, really just build something even greater within your agency. So um, I hope that this holiday episode was a winner for you guys. Thanks for listening. So Mallory, how can our agents um, find you? Yeah, the best, I mean, I'm always on LinkedIn. So it's Mallory Leonard is my name. And you can email me at mallory.lee at exechq.com or find me at exechq.com. My name's not very common, so it should be easy to find me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a couple ways. And I always do a free consult. So if anyone wants to just sit down and see if there's a need for me, I can help them. And we work project-based, so it's not like you're in a big big contract, you know, and then sometimes it's good just to get some outside perspective. So I'm totally. definitely, uh, yeah, especially I'll teach you how to work on your business instead of in it. <laughs> yes. So that we can get to that goal that we have, where we get to spend our time on the things that really, um, get us excited every day. So agents, this series is about you and the wave of opportunity that is in front of us to shape our agencies and mold them into something great that not only makes our dreams come true uh, within the agency, but also for our team members. So Mallory, thank you for walking us through end of your goal setting and what it means for our teams and agents. This is Caitlin Agar and Mallory Leonard signing off until next time. Bye.